and welcome to The Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Echelkamp, joined today by Barrett Rousey. He's a sales agronomist at Mid-South Farmers Co-op. Barrett, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. So just to get kicked off, tell us a little bit about your role at the co-op. Tell us where you're located and a little bit about your area. Well, basically we're in uh, Northeast Mississippi, kind of the hill zone, uh, just east of the Delta land. Uh, And I'm the sales agronomist, which basically we work with the growers as consultants, uh, as salesmen, uh, even as tractor drivers, some, you know, we're basically just a service oriented uh, co-op that, that only does agronomy and we do strictly row crop work with direct, directly with customers and planning. So uh, we cover them from planning all the way through breeding harvest data. So, And in that geography, so when you talk row crops, that introduces cotton, I'm sure, to a corn and soybean rotation. What's that balance for your area? As of late, we've, we've kind of shifted more toward the soybean market. Uh, cotton has kind of fallen off in our part of the world. Um, mainly just due to the smaller fields and picker constraints and and uh, we have a lot of branch bottoms that, that flood. So the cotton market's been kind of falling off in the past. Uh, we're probably, I don't know, we'd say 75% beans and then uh, 20% corn and 5% cotton nowadays. And and it used to be a lot, a lot more cotton. Uh, but uh, with price and equipment and uh, basically the workforce has kind of made them shift that way even before the pickers came along. So. Sure. So Barrett, now my understanding is you transferred to the ag side after having worked on the turf side. So tell me a little bit about your trajectory, your career path and how it came to be that you worked on the ag side of the business. Uh, Yeah. So I started out in the uh, golf and sports turf industry uh, out of college and uh, really enjoyed that. It, it working with golf course superintendents, side farm growers, park and rec directors. Uh, a lot of the same chemistries used. Uh, a, a lot of the same uh, problems, weeds, issues, uh, just at a more minute, more managed level, you would say, on, on a golf course. But uh, And then, you know, around 2008 with the housing market crash and, and uh, then you had Tiger Woods going out that kind of started the decline of the golf market uh, and, and the amount of golf in our area started falling off. Uh, we had courses closing. We had uh, people not being able to pay their bills. So the recreation side of things kind of started falling off and people started seeing what was really important and spending their money that way. Uh, I kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, and I had a uh, cousin that worked for Mid-South Farmers Co-op and he had been a Tennessee farmers agronomist and with me having the agronomy background because my degree actually says agronomy on it versus golf and sports turf. So we I met with those guys and, and it seemed like a lot more stable market, uh, a lot more desirable 
I guess you would say, as far as travel. Um, I mean, you in North Mississippi, you can't drive down the highway without passing a farm every 10 miles. So uh, you're looking at 50 miles per golf course. So going in, starting a family, having that kind of thing, it just made sense to move over to the ag market. It's been a lot more stable. Uh, golf is coming back. Uh, people are having some money to spend, but it's uh, it's still not where the ag market is. It's 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 a lot more enjoyable to me now being out in the fields and working with the growers, and uh, as opposed to putting on slacks and a collared shirt every day. You know, I can go out on a Saturday on a farm in a t-shirt and, and have a good chat with a grower. Whereas if I'm going to a golf course, they, you know, you've got to have your business attire and uh, or they kind of shrug their shoulders at you, you know? Yeah. So what do you enjoy the most about working with farmers and how are you really working to perhaps bring value to their farm and differentiate yourself as a sales agronomist? So I, I probably like doing the uh, the scouting work the most. Uh, I like spending time in the field. Uh, I've got a young son, nine years old. He, he goes with me when available, so uh, he can probably tell you more about being leaf beetle than I can. Uh, but, uh, I mean, kind of the, the draw I get from my customers is we try to pay attention to detail. Uh, we do planning for them. We start out with our soil. Uh, we go through the full service package. I mean, we're, we're offering soil sampling, tissue sampling. Uh, we're doing custom applications, uh, writing prescriptions. Uh, we were kind of the, on the forefront of the precision ag in the Northeast Mississippi region. And uh, that, that kind of led a lot of the more innovative growers toward us and uh, those relationships that we've built from that being a farmer owned co-op has carried on and and built up a good uh, rapport with the area Uh, we have very loyal customers uh, and and they're more like family now uh, than transactional it's it's more uh, I guess you would say it's more relationships now, but uh, they, they kind of treat you like family, they, even if you do wrong, you know, uh, they might at you for a second, but then they, they get over it really quick because they realize the time and the effort that you put in for them and uh, that you're doing it for them and not for the corporate dollar. So when it comes to your role, I'm curious, like what technologies are you most excited about? What tools are helping make your job easier and help you do your job better? Look, one I really like, now we, we are affiliated with Winfield, of course, and uh, at, at Mid-South Farmers Co-op. And I really like their R7 field forecasting tool, uh, especially with today's nitrogen prices. Uh, our corn growers, we, we don't have just a ton of corn, but that is the price point acre in our part of the world. Uh, these guys, they, we can poverty pee a bean to death, but growing corn, you've got to feed the nitrogen. So it, it definitely helps with that implemental 
growth stage, nitrogen timing, and, and gives us a tool that we can use to make an educated decision with some science behind it and, and the research. And it, it seems to have worked out really well and has been really accurate over the past three years of use. No, that's excellent. We are talking with Barrett Rousey. He's a sales agronomist at Mid-South Farmers Co-op. Barrett, we were talking about how you're using technology. We were talking about the success you've had repeatedly year after year. I'm wondering as we're into 22 and we're, you know, you're probably weeks away from planting in Mississippi. What are some of those agronomic challenges that you know you're going to have to help farmers with this growing season? Well, one with the input on fertilizer pricing, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of implementing our variable rate fertilizers uh, to kind of spend that dollar where it gives us the most bang for the buck. Uh, there will be some uh, lesser rates put out this year. Uh, we're just trying to make sure it mitigates the, uh, the risk for the grower and, and we don't leave a starving crop out there uh, and have empty bins this fall. So it's, it's, it's going to be challenging basically just figuring out the amount of money that we can put into the crop and be profitable uh, with our giving conditions because we don't have a whole lot of irrigated. We, we depend on a lot of mother nature here. Uh, and we, we really like to mitigate our risk so uh, you'll see the guys that normally push, 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 they'll scale back. So we're trying to pinpoint that exact point where we scale back to uh, without risking too much income. Yeah. So are you seeing and, and, and help us understand a little bit of like the generalized practices that you guys have down there when it comes to crop fertility, as far as uh, nitrogen source, as far as how many growers are really investing in micros, as well as maybe even nutrient stabilizers, right? Just help us understand. And, and what's their appetite for those kinds of products this year? Well, the, uh, of course, the nitrogen stabilizer, starting with it, it it's going to be huge this year. Uh, it's selecting the right one for the right timing. Uh, we're looking at uh, Nutrisphere and Agritain to fill those areas. Um, you know, it, we, we're not going to be able to afford a misapplication on timing. So the the fertility needs, we, we that's going to be a urea treated mainly. We have a little bit of liquid still. A okay. lot of crop dressing goes out. Uh, we put a lot out through the uh, over-the-top spreader rigs. Uh, we top dress, and then we typically do a plain shot with urea, dry urea as well. Um, every now and then, we'll put in some ammonium sulfate, uh, depending on sulfur levels. Uh, the uh, the micros package ha has been strong the past few years. We've had a lot of guys swap over to using... Uh, a product called MicroSync. It, it's uh, they they basically have a formulation that'll fit any acre. So we we customize that those and put it in with our uh, pre-plant, uh, and a lot of that pre-plant goes out in the spring right in front of the planter. So uh, we don't get an opportunity to do a lot of fall uh, work usually because the time we get the crop out of the field, it starts raining again. Um, 
And we're, we're looking at a lot of washy hills, highly erodible ground to heavy bottom ground that floods. So it, it's feast or famine uh, on, on the ground. And uh, it, it's going to be really, really difficult to determine the amount of loss, uh, nitrogen loss on some of these acres. So we're, we're going to really push this year. It's going to be a strong push for the uh, – for the nitrogen uh, use efficiency products. Yeah. So Barrett, you talked about, this is not a year to miss applications when it comes to crop fertility. I've also heard from so many in ag retail, the stress and the pressures on other inputs as well in the crop protection sector. What would you share as far as how you're working with farmers to position herbicides and other crop protection products? We're starting out with an open mind. Uh, Obviously, there there is some constraints on some key products that we use in high volume. Um, we're looking at other options. We're relying heavily on residual programs, uh, multi-layer residual programs, not just two, one. I mean, we're going up to three, possibly four, uh, even increasing a few rates on products that have low injury rates. Um, we've done a lot of planning in January and February this year, uh, where normally that, that type of planning usually hits right in front of the planter. So uh, our burn down situation, we started burning down last week or maybe even the first week of February as soon as we could get an airplane in the air and some of these ground rigs out. Uh, there's been a whole lot of paraquat sprayed. Uh, we have a lot of Italian ryegrass here. So we have issues with it. Mild winter, it got big. Uh, so we're looking at clethodem to help fill that void. Clethodem's a tight product. Uh, we're we're kind of trying to pull from other sectors of the southeast that might not have that issue and pull their clethodem early, you know, as we can. Uh, and then, you know, I, I feel like a lot of these products in season will kind of ease up and some supply will arrive. But uh you know, production on some of these products aren't until March and we're, we're sitting here asking for them right now to spray them today. So, uh, even after the rain we've had overnight, we're looking at getting airplane in the air as soon as the wind dies down. So, yeah, yeah, definitely a challenging year ahead. So Barrett, part of the uh, catalyst for us being able to talk on the podcast is you've received our 40 under 40 award. So congratulations for that. A wonderful way that we can try to help recognize some emerging leaders in ag retail. I'm curious, what would be your advice for a young professional in ag retail? What would you share with them? You know, the, the thing I think uh, that is most crucial it is one to stay in front of the people you want to sell to. Now there's a difference between a customer and a customer you want. And then two it is build those relationships. However, you may have to do it. It, it may have to be going to help drive a grain cart, uh, carrying flowers on the what mom's birthday, uh, you know, build those relationships early. And, and do not overpromise yourself. No, that's excellent advice. So Bear, I've got just three more kind of 
quick questions for you. I ask everybody who comes on the podcast and these are kind of a little bit more philosophical. Okay. But one is what do you wish you knew six months ago? Uh, I wish I knew what roundup was going to do. What keeps you up at night? Facebook stock. And what's one prediction you have for the year ahead? Good farmers will make money. Bad farmers will get out. Barrett, thank you so much for coming on the Scoop podcast. And hey, as you're getting busy out there in the field, promise to be safe, okay? I will. Thank you so much. Excellent. Well, that is it for this episode of the Scoop podcast. If folks want to connect with us on Twitter, you can find us at Farmers Advisor. For now, I'm editor Margie Eckelkamp, and I wish everyone a wonderful and safe start to this growing season.